Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tell me you weren't smiling or had goosebumps as the Champions League music played under the lights and the, the pissing rain at Old Trafford on Tuesday night and you'd probably be lying. Manchester United back in the Champions League after an absence of more than 600 days and back in comfort with a 3-0 win over Swiss champions Basel. Our dominance at home in Europe continues. 19 games, I think it is, without defeat at Old Trafford on the continent. Bittersweet in a way as Paul Popper goes off injured, but it's more goals and it means we've scored two or more goals in, in every game this season in, in all competitions since the start of the Premier League. We're into September, United are top of the league, top of Group A in the Champions League, Lukaku's firing, Rashford is too, Martial's confident. Life is, life is good at the moment, Jack. Yeah, it really is, it really is. Uh, firstly, apologies for my voice. Um, hopefully this will be sorted out by next episode, but... Yeah, it's been a brilliant start to the season, really everything that we could have hoped for. Um, I mean, like you said, the only downside with Pogba going off injured, hopefully that will only be a couple of weeks out and nothing more. But a brilliant, brilliant start to the season. The atmosphere at Old Trafford yesterday was incredible. looked like such a brilliant night. Uh, back in the Champions League, back where we belong. And as you said, continued our home form in Europe, which has been kind of the foundation of our of our good form uh, in, in Europe in the last couple of seasons, especially in our Europa League run last year. Brilliant performance against Basel, very professional, I thought. Um, potentially a tricky opponent. I mean, before tonight, I think we played them four times and only beaten them once. So, you know, definitely, although not an opponent we should be losing to, a potential banana skin, I think we dealt with it very well. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you'd have offered us this at the start of the season, we'd all have bitten, bitten your hand off for it. Honestly, it's been brilliant. All of our players that we had sort of question marks over have, have performed very, very well. Uh, it was also good to see Victor Lindelof get his first start in a competitive game uh, since the Super Cup yesterday. Uh, I thought he played; he was very solid at the back, albeit not being tested too much, but hopefully that'll be a nice confidence booster for him going forward as well. Yeah, um, a night of, of mainly positives except except for injury to Paul Pogba. 
but I mean, before we before we move on to that, just on the game as a whole, very very comfortable and, and very professional. You'd say it's it's just a good feeling to be back in the Champions League, and and Mourinho said all the right things, talking about being back in our in our natural habitat and where we belong. And he's right, and we started well in a game where the opposition sat back, and and last season, the season before too, that's a game where you'd back us to draw one one, or I think even lose two one. I remember those games against against Feyenoord, Fenerbahce, and and under Van Gaal as well, where where we get hit on the counter in the first half, and then we equalise, try to go for the second, and then we concede again. That's been a familiar pattern over the last few seasons. But as in the Premier League, with two four nil wins, um, a two nil and a, and a two two, but which wasn't great. But as in the Premier League, nothing like the last few seasons here. Comfortable and professional, and and a a really there was never there was never any scintillating football, but we we did the job. And we'll talk about what Mourinho said after the game in, in just a moment. But on Pogba, we're going to miss him a huge amount. But we, um, compared to last season, when Paul Pogba wasn't playing last season, it was very, very obvious what we lacked. It, it was Paul Pogba. But when he went off against Barswick, there was less of that. We seemed to lack creativity less than we did last season when we were without Pogba. And I think that's because the improvements we've seen from Mkhitaryan and Matic is, has proved himself to be a fantastic passer and some fantastic vision as well. But also Mkhitaryan, Rashford and Lukaku's ability to hold up the ball as well, I think is making up for missing Paul Pogba a bit. Absolutely. I was I was very surprised actually at how kind of fluid we looked without Pogba because like you said, last season on those few, few games where we didn't have Pogba in the team, we looked very, very poor going forward. We looked like we struggle to break the lines and uh, really kind of move the ball forward very quickly but as you said Matic I think the one area of his game that has surprised everyone so far is how well he has been uh, how efficient maybe is a better word I guess for uh, moving the ball quickly it's not been anything fancy but it's been very effective and he gets the ball wide and forward very quickly uh, Ashley Young was brilliant um, playing at right back uh, obviously putting a great great cross for uh, Fellaini's goal but generally had a great great game um up and down the right flank constantly. And I think it's good to see that we have the ability now to create opportunities through many different channels because inevitably people are going to get injured throughout the year, be suspended or be rested and whatever. We can't be relying on one or two people to be the creative sparks in the team. We need to be coming from different areas. And as you said, Mkhitaryan's improvement. Uh, Rashford uh, had a great start to the season. Martial's isn't confident, although didn't have his best game yesterday. It's looking very positive and and I mean, all you need to do, as you said earlier, is look at the goals tally so far. At least two goals in every single game. And I mean, three or more goals in three games, in fact, so far. And I mean, when was the last time we had a start to the season where we've looked this good going forward and scoring this many goals? On, on what Mourinho said, he said a lot more than this. But the, the main point was he said after he said we were playing fantasy football, PlayStation football. We lost our position, our shape. We lost balls in easy situations. I didn't like it. The players relaxed too much. It seems harsh after a 3-0 win, but it's the kind of thing you'd hear from Fergie after a 3-0 win and the kind of thing you hear from the best managers in the world who don't really accept anything less than than perfect. Um, and we have a perfectionist in charge in, in Mourinho and a manager who won't really accept anything less than the best. And if we're going to challenge for the Champions League, which realistically isn't going to happen this season, but if... We, He's he's instilling that mentality in the squad, which I think, to be fair to Van Arley, started to do a bit, but not quick enough. And I think 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic helped do last season as well, having a figure like that. And Mourinho has the, the correct mindset to get us back to challenging for the Champions League. And this is sort of an example of that. And hoping, hopefully that's rubbing off on, on the squad, which is quite a young squad. Yeah, I think it's it's all about setting standards, you know, and the, the whole mentality of nothing is quite good enough. Although it can seem harsh, I think in the long run, hopefully be beneficial because it does kind of build up that idea of, you know, perfection will never be attained, but we have to get as close to it as possible. Um, Mourinho has been a perfectionist at, at times before, and I think we're seeing a Mourinho this season who, obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but just through his interviews and his body language and everything like that, seems to be back to his best and seems to be back to how he was when he was leading Chelsea to multiple titles and uh, winning the league at Real Madrid and winning the Champions League at Porto. And it's great to see him back seemingly firing on all cylinders. I think it's great for the team because whatever might have happened with Mourinho in the last few seasons, obviously the bad season at Chelsea and disappointing season last season for us, he's still an excellent coach and he's still knows how to get the best out of his players and I think we're beginning to see that this season. The signings that he's made were very astute, they all seem to have fit in with the squad very well and he now seems to be getting the best out of the players that at times he struggled to get the best out of last season. You know, we mentioned Rashford, we mentioned Martial, I mean neither of them had disasters of a season last year but maybe weren't given enough opportunities or weren't played in, in quite the right way. Um, but I think having Mourinho's knowledge and his presence in the dressing room, along with Ibrahimovic, who you mentioned as well, with him, him coming back very soon, I think will really help, especially, as you said, with a squad that, although he's experienced in playing in the Premier League, in, in a lot of cases they aren't experienced in actually fighting for uh, the title for a lot of them, and a lot of them aren't experienced playing at a club the size of Man United as well. So it's very, very important to have people like that in and around the dressing room and setting those standards, especially with the likes of Rooney gone as well, who kind of would have taken up that role in the last few years. Yeah, and, and weirdly, if we're talking about experience, we've got two players who combined to some some people's surprise to open the scoring on Tuesday night, Fellaini and Young. Fellaini approaching his 150th game for United, and <laughs> Ashley Young was playing his 165th game for United. I mean, for two players who have got a considerable amount of abuse in their times at United, They've played an awful lot and have proved themselves to be fairly valuable. I saw someone saying Fellaini is now worth ninety-five million. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but while I mean, while Fellaini forces us sort of to play a worse style of football, I mean that's not really questionable. But he is very effective, um, and he's been vital for United in in the big games. I mean, last season Europa League semi-final, um, League Cup semi-final, season before that was the FA Cup quarter-final, and and then the semi-final. Um, to get United to the final in, in, in both of those games. And Fellaini can't replace Pogba. I mean, that's all, that's another unquestionable fact. But it's another day where he's proved himself to be uh, an actually important part of the team. And he is having a, a big influence on United in the last few years. I mean, if you think about the big moments, it's Europa League and FA Cup. And he's been very important in getting us to both of those finals. And Ashley Young, I mean, <laughs> his style of play is hardly unique, but in a game where the opposition sit back like Basel do, um, there's enough chances for Young to, to try his trademark little accelerate, cutback, accelerate and cross. And he's got so many chances to do that that it always comes off at least once or twice. And it came off once um, and probably only once. But when it did come off, um, that sort of classic traditional cross, get to the big man and, and head it in, it was fine. And, and Young's one of those useful squad players who 
is essential in seasons where you're playing in, in both domestic cups and in Europe, um, like we saw last season. And, and he's not the best player, has many faults, but useful in the squad. Absolutely. Every successful, not just successful United team, but successful team, full stop, has to have players like Fellaini and Young who aren't the, the sexiest players. They aren't the, the players that get you excited when you think about the team, but they are players that are very, very useful to have because they will come in and they will do a job and you know what you're going to get from them. We know from Fellaini that he's not going to be playing 25-yard, inch-perfect through balls to take, put Lukaku through on goal. And we know that Ashley Young isn't going to be the second coming of Gary Neville. But we know what we're going to get from them. And whatever duty they're asked to perform, they will do it. I mean, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of the positions that Ashley Young has played in in the last since, since um, Moyes and Van Gaal were here. And I think I'm right in saying he's played everywhere except goalkeeper, centre-back and defensive midfield. And that that goes just goes to show, it speaks volumes about Ashley Young's character and who he is and how willing he is to do a job for the team wherever he's needed. He's never going to be a player that goes down as a United legend or, as I said, someone who gets you really excited when you see their name on the team sheet, but they are very, very important players. And to be fair to Fellaini in particular, I think we have to give Fellaini credit because I think for a lot of people, he was kind of the symbol of our demise for a few years since Moyes took over. Um, and I think a lot of fans, including myself, at, at many, many times, have wanted him gone because he isn't the, a Man United player. It's the phrase that's been banded about a lot about Fellaini. But he has worked hard. He has stuck at it. And no matter how much grief he got from the fans, he comes on and he does a job. And to be fair to him, he's actually improved a lot in his technical ability as well. We saw some very nice touches and very nice passes from Fellaini last night. And it's to his credit that he has managed to stick it out at United for what is it now, four four seasons, coming into his fifth season now. Um, and so that, that is to his credit that he has managed to do that. And he's managed to forge a place in this squad where he is actually now becoming a very, very, very useful player. Yeah. Let's talk about a new player, Victor Lindelof. Not making his debut, but it, it feels a bit like that. Played in the UEFA Super Cup against Real Madrid, played a bit in pre-season, but this was sort of the first game we've seen him. Now the season's probably started. Um and he, he looked okay. A couple couple nervy moments, a couple of times when he made the hair work harder than he should have done. But his uh his ability to, to play the ball is fantastic, no question about that. Um and not just playing it not just having because Chris Morley can pass it sideways, but even when he passes it sideways, it sort of it bobbles on the ground or it goes two yards to the right or two yards <laughs> to the left of this player. That's that's really how bad technically Smalling is, I think. Sorry to bring Smalling up. We're talking about Lindelof. Anyway, Lindelof, not only is, is his passing precise when he's passing it along the back, but he is passing to Lukaku, passing to Mkhitaryan, passing through the lines, through the midfield of, of United and of Basel. And really, because when a team sits back, you want that one incisive pass. And usually it will come from, from your attacking midfield in most games. But when the team sits back, you, you kind of need it to come from your centre-back. And, and Lindelof is providing that. Um, not completely solid yet. I don't think he's going to have made enough of an impression to displace Phil Jones or Eric Bay, but a, a decent start and a decent full game for Lindelof in the United shirt. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I was talking to someone about this yesterday and just saying that partly this, this game for Lindelof was big just to get some confidence in him. As long as he didn't make an awful mistake and didn't have a, a terrible game, it was good for him to get onto the Old Trafford pitch because this, this will be the first time he's he's uh, started at Old Trafford for us 
and to feel the atmosphere, to feel what it's like playing for United in the Champions League and to have a nice solid game with a clean sheet to boot was pretty much as good as we could have hoped for. As you said, I don't see him displacing either one of Jones or Bailly, but there were definitely some nice points about him. I think the one thing that I noticed about him in pre-season was how comfortable he was on the ball and even when he looked very shaky in defence a lot of the time, especially in the Super Cup, um, he always looked very, very comfortable on the ball and I think as you said, it's not really someone that we've had for a little while. Um, obviously, Ferdinand used to be very, very good on the ball, but kind of since him and him in his uh, prime, we haven't had a centre-back who is that comfortable on the ball, and I think Lindelof could potentially fill that void, especially when the inevitable Phil Jones injury comes. Uh, he could potentially step in and be a very, very good replacement. Yep. Um, Henrik Mkhitaryan, and we've mentioned how he's improved creatively. Um but a lot of United fans are unhappy with his, with his performance against Basel. And I can see where a few of them are coming from. First half was fine. Not too wasteful. Some good chances created. Missed two very good chances to beat United in front, though. The first one, a header, when Juan Mata sort of clipped it in beautifully with the, the outside of his boot. And Mkhitaryan just headed straight over. Didn't get over the ball at all. Should have headed it down. And the second way, he hit the post and then, and then missed the rebound as well. Straight into the keeper's arm. But a lot of United fans annoyed with how wasteful he can be over the course of an entire game um I mean statistically incredible start to the season five assists in four Premier League games I think he grabbed one against Basel as well but overall performances are often underwhelming despite those brilliant stats I mean there's there's some great pieces of skills some passes of of genuinely genuine world-class quality but then he can he can disappear for a lot of the game or he runs straight into players um, when we're on the counter-attack or he, he'll go for the outside run instead of bringing it back into the middle, passing into the middle. And, I mean, I, I guess it's he's sometimes underwhelming but ultimately very productive. So far this season, at least. So many assists but frustrates quite a lot of the time. He's a strange player in that sense. I think he, he drifts in and out of the game an awful lot. Uh, I guess he drifts out of the game more than he drifts in the game, honestly. Um, I mean, a couple of his performances this season, especially against um, Swansea and West Ham, right at the start of the season, I think were probably the best that we've seen him in terms of being involved in the game a lot more throughout rather than just kind of popping up with one or two moments. But I, th- I think what you have to give Mkhitaryan credit for is that he does have this uncanny ability to provide... The, the right final pass when it's needed and it's something that we've struggled with in the last few years is, is having someone in that attacking midfield role who can consistently make that incisive final pass and even if he can only do it for two or three moments a game it's still better than, than kind of having no, not, uh, no times at all and with a striker like Lukaku in the form that he's in at the moment if he gets two or three chances of the game he's going to score one or two of them um, so I think some of the criticism has been slightly over the top but having said that there definitely is big room for improvement and obviously just because he is getting these assists it doesn't necessarily mean that his general performance is up to a level where we want and need it to be at yeah I mean a great fantasy team player if, if that's your thing um, I, I tend to give up after yeah. a week but I mean I guess in a United team where the final ball is often the the one piece of the jigsaw missing you You'd feel that Mourinho will be unlikely to drop Mkhitaryan anytime soon. Um, and so he, he's probably safe for now. And if he is going to get an assist a game, in most games, you could probably sacrifice one player being sort of 
sort of not not too prominent for the whole game if he's going to pop up with the the fantastic ball to get one or two assists in a game. It's a luxury, yes, and maybe in the big games you want to see more. And there was a report that came out a couple of weeks ago that said Mourinho's told Mkhitaryan he wants to see more from him in the big games. I guess that's the only time when you'd be worried about playing Mkhitaryan if he's going to disappear like this. Um, in general, Champions League group started well, three points, top of the top of the group, including on, <laughs> on goal difference. Um, one thing to mention, Man United are paying for the visas for the United away fans going to Russia for, for the CSK Moscow game. Small gesture and I, I guess massively appreciated by those who are going. Um, United aren't always perfect towards fans, but I mean, they did this for the Rostov game as well and it's it's uh, appreciated and, and should be publicised. Um, I guess the Champions League group we haven't spoken about because we haven't had a had an episode for quite a while. Not no huge games in it, which is a bit disappointing, I guess. But a group we should win it, and therefore a route to the quarterfinals, round of sixteen, where we can get a huge game is is possible. So that's that's a positive. Yeah, I, I think you know, especially being in pot two, you might expect to get uh, one of the big teams in pot one. Which, I, like I said, I'm still not quite sure if I'm pleased or disappointed about it. I'm pleased because you know it's it's an easier group and one that we definitely should be winning. Um, but like you said, it does mean that we get no huge games at Old Trafford. But in some ways, I think just being in the back in the Champions League in any in any form, having Champions League against back at Old Trafford is enough. And I mean, we saw the atmosphere last night. It was absolutely incredible. And I think that will just continue. And if we do manage to get a big game when we hopefully, don't want to jinx anything, but hopefully make it through to the last 16 um, and or quarterfinals, then, you know, we can hopefully then start to get the big games and then really, really see how, well, A, how this team stacks up and B, what the atmosphere at Old Trafford can truly be like. A few empty seats, I thought, Old Trafford. Not not enough for it to be properly noticeable. Not not Etihad style. But um, I got an email on Monday from United saying, do you want a ticket? So there must have been a few a few tickets still going around. But, I mean, the the moment the Champions League music starts playing and you, you're watching the, the rain pour down, and the players line up with the Champions League thing, waving in the in the centre circle is is always special and nice to have it back. It's been a busy time for Man United's youth sides too, with the under-19s returning to the UEFA Youth League, the tournament which mirrors the Champions League. United returned with a bang, a 4-3 victory against Basel. Seven goals, three penalties and a red card. Aidan Barlow started United off well with a fifth-minute opener, only for Basel's Pululu to grab one back. Indy Boonen put United in front after half-time, meeting a Josh Bowie cross, and Angel Gomez converted a penalty soon after to make it 3-1. Basel drew things closer once more as Lokash headed in from a corner, but just 60 seconds later, the Basel defender brought down Gomez in the box for another United penalty, which Josh Bowie finished off. The manic goal scoring ended when Kaiser finished from the spot past Muta Sebswai for Basel, and the scores remained 4-3 for the rest of the game, but Kaiser damaged his side's chances of a full comeback after being dismissed for a second yellow. The under-23s lost to Arsenal last Friday evening, suffering from giving constant free kicks away as Reese Nelson and Josh De Silva both beat Kieran O'Hara from set pieces with excellent strikes. Hasn't been the best of starts to the season for the under-23s. But goals either side of half-time for Man United's under-18s, managed by Kieran McKenna, saw the Reds win a second consecutive game in the under-18 Premier League. Angel Gomez curled in a beauty from the edge of the box after 26 minutes against Derby County to start things in the right way. And then Nishan Burkhart doubled United's lead with a cool finish just before the hour mark. And Kieran McKenna's side held on comfortably for a 2-0 win against Derby. 
In low news, Sam Johnston is earning the plaudits for his performances in goal for Aston Villa, keeping a clean sheet at the weekend against Brentford and being named man of the match. Andreas Pereira made his Valencia debut in La Liga, playing 60 minutes, switching from the left wing to right wing constantly. Dean Henderson and Timothy Fossimenta started for Shrewsbury Town and Crystal Palace respectively, but no game time for Devontae Redmond, Regan Paul, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson or Matty Willock, whose loans aren't going fantastically so far. Right, Everton on Sunday, the return of, of Wayne Rooney to, to Old Trafford. Very quick return it is, having only left really three months ago. He's already back um, amid controversy around his uh, his antics, I guess we should say. But we won't talk them. Um, we'll talk United. Haven't lost this season, unbeaten. Should be should have some momentum after after winning in the Champions League. But the Stoke game was um, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, and not everyone gets a good result at Stoke anyway. But there were definitely some some negatives on the defensive side of things, and Everton could cause a cause a problem there if they if they can. Yeah, I think the Stoke game was a reminder. I think a wake up call that you know just because you won a few games beforehand doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have everything plain sailing going forward. It was a reminder that. We have to try and work teams out before we can just go in and try and dominate in the way that we dominated the first few games. Obviously, Stoke away is a notoriously difficult place to go and come, come away with a result. Uh, and in fact, I'm pretty sure we haven't won there since Ferguson retired, uh, yeah. which is a pretty worrying stat. But I think hopefully it will be a wake-up call. And I think Mourinho's comments after the Basel game were somewhat aimed at the Stoke game too. Um, I just hope that we can kind of rectify that and sort it out for the game against Everton this weekend uh, score prediction 2-1 to United mm. yeah I, I might also go with 2-1 Lukaku to score against both Lukaku club, and Rooney to score guaranteed <laughs> yeah if I was placing one bet this weekend it'd be Rooney to score I mean that depends if he starts for Everton in the in the Europa League yeah I think I'll go with 2-1 but I could, I could easily see us drawing Everton just because it's Everton yeah yeah but that's all we have time for on series three episode five of the Manchester United weekly podcast thank you for listening as always um sorry for the the prolonged absence since I mean we haven't spoken to you since we beat since we won 4-0 the second time against Swansea so it's been a while but a lot's happened since I mean not a huge amount in the transfer market it was nice watching on deadline day sort of very relaxed watching with with some laughter yeah. as Arsenal missed out on their target and, and City missed out on theirs but <laughs> it's 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 going well for United at the moment Jack where can we find you on Twitter at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find me at at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end thanks for listening as always we'll be back after this weekend's action when we play Everton goodbye Network.